The params hash in your Rails application is a concept that a lot of people have trouble with. So I'm going to talk about it and try to debunk the magic that sort of happens with it because it's actually really simple. The params hash is a collection of data that's come through your application um, in that request. So this data can come from various places. You might submit a form and that sends over some data. Your URL might um, contain a chunk of the URL that has some data that you want. And you also might have at the end of the URL get request parameters. So those are the common ways to get data into the params hash. And Rails just knows to collect those things and put it in there nicely for you to work with. So let's talk about how we go about doing that. The very simplest thing that we can take a look at is get request parameters. So let's open up our blog application and jump into our routes.rb file. So I'm going to clear out these comments and add just a simple, simple route. We'll call it slash blog. And I'm going to send it um, to the blog index action. I don't have a blog controller yet or an index action, so we'll need to create that real quick. So let's do that. Edit app controllers blog controller.rb. Create a class called blog controller. Inherits from application controller. And it has an index. So that's as simple as that is. I'm going to make a directory in app views called blog. And then we'll edit the app views blog index.html.erb file. And we'll just say blog. So when we visit the slash blog route, when we run our Rails application, um, we will see that file. So we'll run our Rails server and then open up in our browser localhost 3000 slash blog. And this will show us the blog path. Um, so we got the view that we created and we're able to see it and you can see in our logs that we have get slash blog. That's all working correctly. Now a get request parameter is what you might have seen before in like the Google URLs and different things around uh, the web where there's a question mark and then there is a variable and it's just like something like test equals one. So you pass that in, the page request is actually uh, localhost 3000 slash blog, but then this extra information are query parameters. So these query parameters basically say, well, um, here's some extra data. You might use this to render your page. You might not. You can totally ignore it, just like this page did. It didn't, it didn't blow up or anything because it, it can ignore this information unless you want to use it. So if we look at our Rails logs again, now we have parameters. And the parameters say that test equals 1. And in our previous request, get slash blog didn't have any parameters. So Rails is taking these parameters and pulling them out. Now when it writes the word parameters and gives you this hash, this is actually exactly what's in your params hash. So when you go into your controller, uh, blog controller rather, when you go in here, if you have the word params, that's accessing this variable. So they show you exactly what's there so you can work with it. So this is not magic by any means. 
when you say params test, that is the test variable. So this is going to pull the string of one out. And if we say at test and pass this into our view, we can go to blog index and print out at test here. And when we show our page, we can see that it's one. If we do two, it changes. So what this is doing is it's reading from the params hash, the test variable, and pulling out the value for that key, the test key, and then we're gonna just save it in a variable. So you can use the square brackets and a symbol to match the name, and that will return the correct value. So it's really, really simple for get parameters to be doing that, um, to pass into the params hash, and there you go, you have data. So this is really useful when you wanna say blog page three, blog page two and so on, this allows you to sort of filter out what the page displays. You're not really changing what this page does, but you might filter out a little bit of how the page works. So these are really good for filters, and that is a get request parameter. So the next one we'll take a look at is the route parameters. So if we go back to our routes file, and we add a new route, and we say slash blog slash ID, now, we put the colon here because this is, this is basically telling Rails that the, the part that's typed into the URL should be taken and saved into the params hash as the ID uh, name. So when we say we want to view individual blog posts, so we have a show action, and with this URL, we can take that um, stuff that's passed in in that section after a blog, save it to the ID key inside of the params hash, and then go look it up. So if we go into our blog controller and we add a show, and let's just not actually do a lookup in the database. Let's just make this very simple. So we'll have, here's my blog post. So when we visit anything slash blog slash absolutely anything, you see here's my blog post. You can put in anything you want. So you can put in numbers, you could put in words, you name it. They will get passed in to your Rails application. So now you can see that the parameters uh, have the ID key and value and ID now is ASDF and when we passed in one, it was one. So you can use this basically to say, okay, in this case, we don't want the user to uh, put in ID equals one or ASDF. We actually want the URL to look prettier. So we want it to be more purposeful. And this tells uh, the browser and Google and other things that this is a different page. There's something else that they're looking at for every one of these. And when you add a query parameter on there, like page equals one, the search engine knows that you're still on the blog, like the index page, but you're just looking at a few other different posts on that page. So it's still generally the same page, they've just decided to split it up. And when you do separate URLs, these signify that there's separate pages and they're completely different. So this is good for us for when we pass in the 
ID or the name of a blog post, we can just do a lookup in our database with Active Record, pull that out, and display it on the page. So you can edit those or access those rather in your blog controller the exact same way. So if you want params ID, which you'll see often in your Rails examples, if you have a blog post model, which I haven't created one, you could find one though doing this and that would just load up your params ID number into the find method and that will go look up the database record based upon the number in the URL. So by default they use numbers. Um, eventually you'll probably change them over to using words and looking them up by slugs. But we can see this just by saying that well, let's name a variable called ID and an instance variable and then we can print it out here on the page as well just like we did before with test. So in this case, um, what did I miss? I didn't save that file. So in this case, we see number one, we can change this to ASDF and so on. Now here's something interesting. We can take and have multiple ones. So you could have test in here as well and you could have the test query parameter in there too. So you could have test equals one and if we decide to print out at test, we can see both of them. So these are both filtering in. Rails knows that, okay, if they come in from a query parameter, we should put that in. And if they come in from a route parameter, we should put those into the params hash as well. And you can see the parameters are now test is one and ID is ASDF. So they're both being funneled into that, which is awesome. The last way we get data into our application params hash is by submitting data through some sort of other request. So we've talked about get requests so far, and you can put stuff in the URLs, and that's pretty much how you get data into a get request. Now post, patch, update, and delete requests are all designed so that you submit data to the server, and they will take that and automatically put it into the params hash. So Rails knows to basically use these three things. We're going to use an example of a, a new blog post. So we're going to say that if you post to the blog URL, we're going to go to the blog create action. So this should actually create a blog post, or at least that's our intention. Um, what we need now is to create a form that submits a post request to this URL. And I'm going to do this on the blog index. So we're just going to create a regular form tag here for the blog path and we're going to we're going to create a submit tag so we have a button that says create post and before that I think we should have a text field tag for the title and we should also have a text area tag for the body. If we refresh the blog page now, we have a title field and a body field. I didn't put labels on them because it's simple and we are just submitting data over to the server. So if we actually just call these, uh, let's call it post title and post body. So when we create this post or submit the form, it's going to send a post request and 
we're going to get uh, unknown action. So first thing we need to do is go into the blog controller, create an action called create, and I'm just gonna have it redirect to the index action. So it's not gonna do anything. We're gonna be able to see the request in the logs though when we resubmit it. So it'll come back to the same page and we'll be able to look at the logs to see what's happened. Now, this is our post request to the blog path. It went there, it created it, uh, it created the post request, submitted data just like we said it to. And when we created the, the form here and I just said title and body, I made those up. So I wanted to have a params value of title and a params value of body. And that's, that's what it did. You just give these names. So ideally with Rails, you make these names match what's in your database models so that it can automatically match them up and you don't have to do it yourself. But for this example, we're just submitting over data and you can see now that the names are going to affect how it shows up in the params hash. So if we said post title here, we can see that if we were to refresh this page and put in different text in our logs, this time we will see that post title comes across. So you are free to name these anything you want. The UTF-8 and authenticity tokens are automatically included with Rails form tags and they allow it to basically force your browser into using UTF-8 because they use a check marks. Uh, check mark UTF-8 character, and then the authenticity token is to allow um, CSRF protection, basically to keep your forms a little bit safer. So the ones that we're interested in are the ones we submitted, and the commit here is actually the text for the, uh, the button that we created. So if you actually need that information, you can, you can see that the value of a commit button or submit button is going to be the text that's displayed. So that allows you to actually do stuff based upon the button that, that is submitted if you need it. It's unlikely you probably do, but it's there in case you do. So submitting data in a form is really very simple. It's, it's very similar to what uh, the other ID URL things and the query parameters are. So you're just naming things, whatever you want to name them, submitting it to the server, and Rails knows those locations to pull them out and then cleanly organize them in your params hash. So every time that a request comes over and you're missing data or something, check what params are listed here so that you can see that it really did come over. Because maybe you missed it or Maybe it's ignoring it after it came over. So it really came over, but you did something wrong in your code. So the, the way that the params hash is actually very simple. There's the three typical methods of data coming into your server, and that just aggregates all of them together. So generally try not to duplicate names. You don't want, you don't want to have body in the URL and in your post uh, form. So you, you will probably get something overridden and that will be bad. Uh, so don't duplicate the names. But aside from that, there's, um, there's really nothing to worry about. This is very simple and you can access all of these variables really easily.